I would like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. All opinions and discussions on the podcast are purely individual experience, so please consult a doctor or medical professional for more information. Welcome to the Shake It Up Show, a podcast in partnership with Shake It Up Australia Foundation for Parkinson's Research, where we speak to people whose lives have been impacted by Parkinson's disease and hear their stories. My name is Amy Louise Ruffle. I'm an actor, comedian, podcaster, and most importantly, a proud Shake It Up Australia ambassador in support of my dad who lives with Parkinson's. My guest today is the managing partner and creative director at design agency Walter Wakefield, which has a special connection to Parkinson's and the Shake It Up Australia Foundation. So to tell us all about that, please welcome to the podcast, Jamie Walter. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Amy. How are you? Well, I'm uh, doing a lot better than the last time we saw each other. Yes, that's right. No, no, no. You're, you're, you're much more effervescent today than you were when we last met. Maybe you'd like to tell our listeners... What's, what happened? Yes, it does feel like a natural uh, jumping off point. We had the good fortune of meeting in person uh, in Sydney a couple of weeks ago, which most guests I've never seen before their face pops up on the Zoom. So it's it's lovely to have that foundation. However, mm. there was not a strong foundation uh, under our meeting, which is why it went so horribly. We're on a boat, which was gorgeous. But we found out very quickly that uh, old Amy here doesn't do well at sea and got very, very sick. <laughs> Yeah, no, not ideal. But look, it was a wonderful day, and it was really great to meet meet everybody. What a lovely boat! Oh my goodness, it was gorgeous day on the harbour, and like you said, like a great way to meet. Um, Clyde was there, and um, a bunch of Shake It Up Australia Foundation people. So it was it was such a nice event and a way to celebrate the community that they've built uh, around Parkinson's. Yeah, and some of the other agencies as well that that um, give their time and expertise. So it was really nice to meet them from my point of view as well. Well, perfect segue. I would love for you to share with the audience uh, about your agency and the work that you're doing for Shake It Up Australia. Yeah, okay. Um, well, I mean, I, I, um, my mum has Parkinson's, which we haven't kind of got to. And so I was always keen or I was keen through my experiences to try and do a little bit, do what I can to, to help with finding a cure or, or better better medicines to help people with the disease. And um, so I, I started looking around for something I could do to help. And I threw some people I, I, I know, I, I came across Shake It Up and started to donate a little bit of money. And at the same time, which I didn't really realise, the world had had kind of there were there were more things that that I, I was kind of asked to do. So I, I got a call from Vicky, and and the type of work we do in our business is is Walter Wakefield is is a is a design firm, and we we have a pretty broad range of capabilities from digital marketing, brand creation, video production, all of those types of things. So I think when they saw. Um, me come onto the books they thought oh this guy could be really useful for us in terms of our marketing campaigns so so that's kind of the relationship I suppose 
And and useful you have been indeed. Uh, it's wonderful the the work that you guys. I think you worked on the pause for Parkinson's campaign earlier this year. Is that correct? Yeah. So we've done pause for Parkinson's the last two years, um, and it's been pretty successful, and um, which is great. And um, we've raised more money last year than 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 has been raised previously. So that that was very nice. Um, and we were able to implement a lot of a lot of the work we do for for other clients for um you know you know for pause for Parkinson to shake it up. So that, that was really good. And for our staff, it's been fantastic as well because I, I, they, they really love being able to work on things like this and it's been quite quite exciting from, from their point of view to, to be part of the process and also to be, from a creative point of view, be able to do not completely what they want to do, but the, the shackles are released in the sense that um, often when you do not-for-profit and pro bono work is, is, is you really get to, to um, leverage your creativity um, within a project. So we, as a company, we've enjoyed that, that kind of experience. And I think it's a good sort of point that obviously donating is incredible and that makes a big difference and impact in the Parkinson's mm. research. But there are also so many different ways that you can contribute to a foundation like Shake It Up just based upon the skills or the um, the things that you have at your own access. Like, again, I don't have many skills, but I can host this podcast and you have a company that can do to yeah. design stuff. So we all can find these different ways to be contributing to hopefully finding a cure for Parkinson's. Oh, totally. You know, yeah, I mean, that, that was that was fantastic for me because because yeah I, I didn't know what I could do and how I could help and all I could think of doing was was giving giving some money and it wasn't a lot of money to be honest you know so so I kind of felt well you know and so when I when I got the call and and um, that ability to kind of actually yeah use your expertise and actually try and make a difference and get involved was was fantastic I, I think it's really helped especially in a, um, I guess, a disease that f- you can feel so helpless about what you can do to help your loved well, that, one. Well, that's right. That's exactly right. Um, yeah, it, it is a bit of a, you do have a bit of a helpless feeling. And so anything that you can do, with your, I'm a doer. I like to do things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so if I can get in and, and do and be active and in, involved, then, then I think that, that, yeah, it feels good inside at, at the very least. Yeah, you can see a tangible result for your work. And so at least it feels like there's some sort of contribution. Maybe your mum's specific condition is unfortunately out of your individual control, but you can contribute in this way and feel some sense of control. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about your mum. When was she diagnosed? Uh, well, um, not early enough, I think. And, and I think that's that's one of the issues with, with Parkinson's is that there isn't a test that you can get that says, yes, You've got it, and I, and I think people lose valuable time at the start of the process because of that. So, for my mum, we were seeing issues with with her back probably in early twenty fifteen or something like that. Things had changed with her. Um, there were things, there were signs right back then that were concerning to to us as a family, and you know things like. We went on a on a holiday, um, you know, kind of a family holiday in early two sixteen. And because I, I don't live in, my parents are in South Australia, and and I'm now in Sydney, so so I don't see them all the time. And I think when when you when you have an absence from somebody, you if you know if you live with them every day, maybe it's the signs are not as as obvious, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and and when we we met at a family holiday early two sixteen, we just noticed a decline in in mum that that concerned us. 
as as children. Things like loss loss of weight and what we know now as the Parkinson's kind of gait or the walk, things like that. That her walking was different and types of those things that 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 we were concerned about and we weren't really 100% sure what they were and we'd, we'd raised it with my with with her and my father and the problem with the, with my mum is that is that parkinson's is one thing but there's been a number of complications that she's had um along the way that have that have probably been more devastating than the parkinson's itself problems with osteoarthritis and things like that 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 have complicated the issue yeah. Um, so, so when 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 we initially said to her, "Look, I think you need to go and see a doctor," and she says, "Well, I have seen a doctor," and and we actually even at that stage, um, we, we kind of said, well, "Could it could it possibly be Parkinson's?" And Mum and Dad were saying, "No, no, no. We've been to the doctor, and that's not what it is. It's you know something else." So, so there were. I think my feeling is there was a lot of time lost in, in those early stages before. We actually got a diagnosis, which was probably a couple of years later, you know, to end of 2017, before before she we really knew what it was and that there was, you know, she went down the, the path of getting some medications, getting on the medications and trying trying to arrest um, the development of the disease. So so if I had if we had our time again, it's easy to say, isn't it, with retrospect that if if you know I certainly wish that it was diagnosed earlier. So how did they end up getting a diagnosis? Because you said, obviously, they were like, well, we've been to a doctor. It's not that. How then in the next year or two? Well, I, I think I think it was it was about going to the right doctors. I mean, she, you yeah. know, but the other thing that, I mean, she eventually went to a neurologist and, you know, and I think the other thing was the fun, the funny thing about my, or my parents, and I think people of their age generally is often they don't like to make much of a fuss. <laughs> And I think from my mum's point of view, she's always been one of those kind of soldier on type people, you know. I think they just thought that maybe it's unfair of me to say that they were in denial, but I, I, I certainly don't think that that they they made the steps they needed to as quickly as they could have. Yeah. And I think there was some 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 time in getting in getting in to see the right doctors and those types of things, whereas that slowed the whole process down. Eventually got she got into a neurologist, but I think she lost close to two years at the early stages in the disease to getting a proper diagnosis and really getting you getting, you know, involved with some kind of kind of treatment plan. You know. I think yeah. the acceptance part of it can sometimes be like one of the biggest battles that yes, the physical symptoms are obviously quite challenging, but accepting that that is happening to you is a really mm hard hurdle for a lot of people to get over yeah. and admitting it to family or friends and things like that. Yeah, no, that, that, that was, I think that was difficult for them. And I, and I, I wish it had, had been, um, yeah, yeah, acted upon sooner, but you know, we live and learn. We do yeah. live and learn. Um, so when she did get that diagnosis, did medication help her symptoms? Like what sort of happened from that point onwards? Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, look, it has and and, I mean, as I said, she's got she's got some other issues uh, 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 as well, and osteoporosis is one of them. So the the medication actually, and and the things that she's on, have been pretty good, you know. Like, um, but it's actually the other complications for her that have that have made it quite difficult. She's very her bones are very fragile, and she's had a number of falls over the year. 
years, which have, have you know, resulted in broken bones and those types of things, yeah. more lack of movement, and, and those things have made it, made it very complicated for her. You know, even down to um, these days, um, because she's lost the movement in both arms, and this is this is off. She's had because she's got osteoporosis and those types of things. Her tendons have actually stripped off the shoulders, and and she and she's fallen a number of times and broken both arms, and she has very little movement in either of her arms. So to to this point, um, you know, she she can't drink without a straw, and um, and you know, really needs substantial help to survive. So it's it's been a pretty horrible decline, really. Especially when you're layering those things on top and we know how important like physical activity is for minimizing symptoms that mm. that sort of gets taken away. It can really exacerbate the disease. Yeah, it's been really difficult. I mean she has um she she mum and dad got a got a kind of stationary seated um, bike in the house and she's been able to to get on that because the legs legs work okay um, and so she's been able to get on a bike and do that type of things but yes the the body's really given away for her which is which is the tough thing and mentally she's 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 pretty sharp you know um and and still is is today and but the disease has slowly cut her off um in the sense that even her voice projection has become she she's very quiet it's difficult to hear her she struggles to project her voice and to be able to communicate for long periods of time which mm-hmm. which is difficult eating and swallowing it has been more and more difficult for her and that's caused her to lose a lot of weight you know those types of things so so all of these things are, are mounting on top of her and making it more difficult for her um, and I, I think the other thing for her is, has been the anxiety associated with the disease, and and that's been something that's that's been tough to manage as well. In in the sense that even even when so if you come over and say hi, the, the the excitement of you being there will set her legs set the tremors off, <laughs> right? Or um, if there's a problem with with one of the kids or, you know, she'll get anxious and that'll set off the, the tremors. And so, so it's actually quite difficult to, to be able to manage that for her. You can be, and she needs time alone effectively. So, so it's, it's been difficult, difficult for us to, to manage. Yeah. Well, yeah. Speaking of that, obviously what your mum is dealing with is really challenging, but how are you going and how is your dad doing? Cause obviously the supporter caregiver mm. roles yeah. are a challenge in themselves. He's been brilliant, Dad. I mean, we, look. I mean, one thing I was ch- chatting to him this morning because I knew we were going to have this chat today. And I mean, if if you don't have somebody around that's physically able and prepared to to be there, it, it would it would be extremely difficult. And for Dad, he's put a huge amount of effort in into being there. And I, I mean, she she. Um, you know, these days she's she's in a wheelchair. Um, so, I mean, he, you know, even if they anywhere if they go anywhere, um, he needs to pack a wheelchair into the car. Um, needs to be able to offload it at the other end, get her into the chair, get her back into the car, those types of things. So it becomes quite a quite a um, a physical. It, it's important that he's physically able in order to be able to do these things for her. Um, and if you don't have somebody that's that's available to do that, I, I think it would be extremely challenging. 
Yeah, I mean, for him, it's been um, difficult as well. And just to some degree, it's put his life on hold, I suppose. And he certainly hasn't been able to. I mean, they were both extremely active people, um, you know, only, only really 10 years ago, you know, and doing a lot of trips, going to a lot of concerts, doing all that type of stuff, which is, you know, the kind of fabric of life. And 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 they just haven't been able to do that type of stuff. Or mum hasn't been able to do that stuff. And by default, dad hasn't been able to do that stuff either. Yeah. And so in that sense, it's been quite difficult for him as well um, as he ages and, and being able and uh, active and able to do these types of things, but being in a position where he he can't really do them because of the situation they're in yeah um, it's been a challenge as well yeah so for you obviously like you said you um, live in a different state to them and I think this is quite a common thing for particularly children they might not necessarily be seeing um, the person that lives with Parkinson's every day or in the same state how mm. how are you finding it being a supporter from afar and how do you th- how do you best support someone from afar mm. yeah well you just need to be there and 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 be in communication as much as you can. And we try and do that. Um, you know, there's, we've, there's three children in our family and all of us are in different states. Um, so, um, you know, uh, I mean, all you can be is, is all you can be is, is, I mean, I look, I think things like FaceTime and, and those types of, you know, kind of technologies have been just fantastic in the sense that you still, you're able to, to be visual about it rather than just talking down, down the phone, you know? Um, um, so, so we try and communicate once or twice a week um, all the time. And, and we try and be there for dad as well. And we, I often talk to dad, dad separately from mum because that's the difficult part as well. I mean, he, he needs to be very, very careful of what he says in her ear shot as well. So that there's kind of, there's a whole range of things that that you need to, I guess, suppose be mindful of, and to to try and be there not only for her but also for him, and to let him communicate how he feels. Well, yeah, he's um, like life and responsibilities have changed a lot, and it's not in any way saying he wouldn't want to do that and be there, but at the same time, becoming a carer is a change in your role and in a dynamic, and it's a huge extra stress. Yeah. It's grueling for him. Yeah. And, and I mean, look, we've just been through a process this year where for, for mum has actually gone into um, full-time care, mm-hmm. which was a huge, I mean, they've been married 50, 50 years, you know, and, um, you know, they're joined at the hip, you know, really. Uh, and so that was a really uh, difficult realisation and process that, that um, he and we as a family had to go through. But the, but the the reality was, um, you know, in the end, she couldn't really get up to go to the bathroom without the fear of her falling and those types of things, um, which meant for Dad that he was a twenty four seven carer in the end, yeah. at the age of seventy eight, you know, um, and and it was just becoming too much for him. You know, he wasn't getting getting the sleep he required. He wasn't, you know. Able, it, it was a full time job, and so, so as a family, we 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 decided that it would be better if if mum went into some type of care. So so we looked for a place that was that that was appropriate. We managed, we were lucky in the sense that we found one very close to 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 home. Um, so um, most days, Dad will go pick her up 
10 or 10 or 11 in the morning and she'll come home for the for the day and they'll have lunch and do whatever and then he'll um take it back in 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 the evening and and she'll spend the night there so they're, they're able to kind of which is great for mum she gets to go home and to feel as much as as much as she can that that life's normal I suppose yeah, it's like a happy medium a bit less polar yeah, yeah. full-on move yeah, so that that's been that's where we that's where we've come to at the moment. You know, um, but about I mean that's the thing with with Parkinson's and any of these types of diseases is that it's a constant and a moving battle. You know, there's there's constant changes and needs to pivot and do things differently, and and that that's just the way it is. You know, so I, I kind of feel that constant communication is probably the most important piece um, of the puddle puzzle and, and, and be, you know, some, and honesty. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think like what you're saying, just a real um, honest realization of the impact that it has on the whole family too, and making Mm. sure you're taking into consideration that obviously your mum's health and wellness is the number one priority, but also health and wellness of, the carer and the family around it because you have to be realistic that it does have an impact on everybody and that's yeah, important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, if, if if Dad's in a place where he can't cope any longer, it's it's no good for her, it's no good for him, it's no good for anyone. So, so yeah, that, that's that's where we've come to in the, in you know, in the process is that we just need to kind of, we've had to adjust things just, just to, to help everybody get the best. Yes, it is a constant process of adjustment, isn't it? This ever-changing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. So for anyone listening that maybe has just had a loved one receive a diagnosis, is there any advice you have for them other than obviously you've already passed on a lot of very... Yeah, I mean, look, I just think, and I think um, just you've got to get onto it early and and with energy, I think. I mean... I I think with everybody's health as we as we age get older, you really need to listen to your body and any types of changes in your body, anything that you need to get in and get that checked, and and you need to listen to people around you as well. If there's something uh, around you, you know you 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 motor fine motor skills starting to not be what they used to. I think these are the types of signs. Um, that 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 you need to take heed of, listen to, and 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 to go and get them checked immediately. Because the sooner you get on to this type of stuff, I just think it will it'll just mean longevity in the long term. You know, you, you've got to get on this stuff early. I mean, that would be my advice to anybody: is not to brush it under the carpet, to listen to the signs, to to get to get in and 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 get get the help you you need early. Yeah, I think that's brilliant advice. And especially people like yourself and I who don't see the person every single day, that's actually mm-hmm. an advantage in the sense of like you get to see changes because if you're seeing someone constantly, you don't realise mm-hmm. the maybe the decline that's happened. So if no, you are no. people like you and I, you can take that as an advantageous position of checking up on symptoms every month or two when you see them in person and really no, being right. picking up on changes. Yeah, no, that, that's huge. And the, and the other thing, of course, is you, that people need to actually listen to you when you when you when you <laughs> make these observations. Otherwise, <laughs> maybe it's their revenge for all the times as children we didn't listen to them. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's right. It's difficult with parents because you know you get to a stage in your life. I think they still see you as the kind of you know a, a child. You know, and, and I think it's difficult for them to kind of 
change their paradigm in the sense that you know you, what you might be saying is actually <laughs> you know it comes it comes from a place of um, understanding you know so well it's a big um, dynamic yeah. and uh, I guess like position shift of like the parents that have always been the caretakers and the ones in charge of that sort of stuff there is a time where that starts to shift and so I can only imagine as the person having to then start to receive that kind of care and that change of being the caregiver would be a whole identity issue for them to deal with. Yeah, most definitely. Yes. Well, that is great advice, Jamie. Thank you so much uh, for sharing your story and telling us about your family and the incredible work that your company is doing to support Shake It Up Australia Foundation. It's so good, so meaningful, and can't wait to see the next Pause for Parkinson's campaign. Yes. No, neither can we. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure and and thanks for your time. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Shake It Up Australia funds groundbreaking Australian research that aims to slow, stop and cure Parkinson's disease. And they need your help. To support Shake It Up's vision of a world without Parkinson's, head to shakeitup.org.au forward slash podcast. Together, we can find a cure.